1: Newspaper since 1971. Well, it's time in the Ben Durowski Show as I speak. It is Wednesday, November 8th, 2012. Yeah, I think what the year was. I have lost track of time. So much is happening. It's happening so fast. I can't keep up. So much is happening at the national level, international level, and on the local level. That's what we're going to be talking about for the most part on the local level. Things have blown up on the local level here. in my beloved city of Chicago. Uh, my distinguished guest is sitting uh, on waiting to uh, talk about some of the things that happened in Chicago City Council. But before we do, I just always begin with a little story that's in the newspaper to give you a sense of what's going on in the world. This one has me smiling. <laughs> I got to smile at this one, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Here is the uh, headline in today's, it's an analysis piece in the, in the Washington Post, okay? Uh, and uh, here's the headlines. Republicans can blame themselves for what happened in Tuesday's election. Yes, on Tuesday, uh, November 7th, uh, while Chicago was at it, uh, at, going at it, as we like to do in our beloved city of Chicago, uh, there were elections throughout the country, uh, and Republicans uh, were really thinking they were going to triumph. In fact, if I could just lead into this week. You know, um, pretty much every Republican I know was like pounding his or her chest like, yeah, we're back. We're going to win. We own you, Dems. We own you, Libs. It's all a MAGA crowd. Oh, my goodness. There's nothing worse than a MAGA crowd that's all fired up. MAGA never thinks it loses anything. So it's just like sometimes I wish I went through life as a MAGA person. Think about it. You'd never think you lost even when you lost. Like, if the Bears were MAGA, right now they'd be 9-0 and headed for the Super Bowl instead of 2-7 heading for Oblivion. Everybody was predicting, like, Trump's back. Joe Rogan, the podcaster, said Trump's a shoe. And, of course, Democrats, particularly the Democrats that I hang around with to a large degree, which are, like, very <laughs> nervous baby boomers, were just, like, crawling in a fetal position. Oh, I'm scared. We're going to lose. And then all of a sudden, they have an election. Democrats win big in Virginia. Democrats win big in New Jersey. Democrats win in Kentucky. What does this all mean? Uh, and this analysis, this is such classic analysis. Folks, if you want to be a pundit, here's what you do. You, you say something without saying anything at all, okay? And you, con- you contradict yourself uh, in, in the article. So the article is all about how Democrats stunned Republicans, uh, and then uh, what 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 did they uh, do in the article? Uh, here's where he writes. Before anyone projects too far ahead, Tuesday's results are not a reliable indicator of what lies ahead. And then it goes on to say, Biden's brand is clearly suffering, and many Democrats are worried. Democrats have fissures within their coalition. The world is unstable. Events are unpredictable. Blah, blah, blah. Your whole article is supposedly how Democrats had a great night on Tuesday, and you're spending half your time covering yourself in case the Democrats lose in 2024, ladies and gentlemen, you too could be a political pundit. Just don't take a stand. That's all you got to do. Just say, on one hand, this, on the other hand, that. That's the news of the national news of the day. All right. Without further ado, I'm going to ask my distinguished guest to introduce yourself. Uh, and we're going to talk about things a little closer to home. Uh, so, distinguished guest, introduce yourself.
0: Hi, Ben. This is State Senator Lakeisha Collins of the 5th Senate District.
1: Yes, from the state, the state, it's hard for me to say, state Senate District here in the city of Chicago, uh, in on the west side and in the loop. Uh, and if you want to hear the story of how Lakeisha Collins became the state senator, check out the last interview we did. She's working those phones. Uh, and one of the people that she talked to on the phones was uh, Emma Mitz, the Woman of the 37th Ward. And that's, uh, Lakeisha reached out to me today, and she said she had a lot of stuff she wanted to talk about and I said, well, you know, you're always welcome on my podcast, Lakeisha Collins. You were on my podcast before you were a state rep. You were a candidate, Lakeisha Collins. Uh, and you came into the studio. I don't know if you remember. I used to have a studio in those days. Um, you had some really powerful and important things that you said to me uh, on the phone in a private conversation. And I asked if you would come on and say I'm on the mic. Uh, and you're so gracious as to say you would. Uh, and let me do the setup. And then, Lakeisha, I'm going to pass the ball to you and you take it. So the setup is this. We all know what went down. Uh, all the political junkies in Chicago who listen to my show know what went down this week. Uh, last week, uh, Carlos Ramirez Rosa, who had been Mayor Johnson's uh, floor leader and had been the chair of the zoning committee, uh, was effectively doing pretty much everything he could to keep uh alder people uh, from attending a meeting of the city council that had been called Uh, by Raymond Lopez and Anthony Beal in order to put on the ballot a question regarding whether Chicago should be uh, a sanctuary city. And as I point out, every time I say this, Lakeisha, I feel compelled to say this. It is one of the most meaningless, ridiculous stunts I've seen in a long time, because whether Chicago remains a sanctuary city or not has no bearing. Chicagoans on busloads of Venezuelans who are being sent to our city from Texas, Chicago. Sometimes you got to be smarter than you act. I'm just saying to Chicago, I'm an old guy. I get to say stuff like this. You're acting like children right now. This, this this referendum that they're asking you to vote for means nothing. It will not change a word. Every person in the city of Chicago can vote. No, we, I mean, vote yes to take away sanctuary city. And guess what? Texas Governor Greg Abbott is still going to be busting Venezuelan refugees or immigrants in the city of Chicago. <laughs> so stop being stupid, Chicago, for once in your life. That's me talking, not Lakeisha Collins. Now, nonetheless, having said all that, uh, I feel that the mayor Johnson and his forces would do a little overkill to try to keep Alderman, to put it mildly, from getting into the council floor. And my old friend, uh, Carlos Ramirez Rosa, and Lakeisha, I just cannot throw an old friend under the bus completely, uh, really went overboard uh, in ways that were painful for many, many people. Uh, he is subsequently resigned his uh, position as floor leader and uh, zoning uh, head of the, com- the Committee on Zoning and uh, apologized. And yet, I feel as though many of Brandon Johnson and Carlos Mirza rosas uh, closest allies are sort of taking the wrong message from all this. And Lakeisha Collins called me up and said, Ben, they are. And I'd like to to address that. So, Lakeisha, the floor is yours. Say what's on your mind, and we'll take it from there. Go ahead.
0: Thank you, Ben. Um, Well, one, I would like to say that, um, you know, I think we're losing focus on what's really happening right now. Um, there's parts, it's a two separate issue in my opinion. And I've been trying to convey that to as many people as possible, that these are two separate issues. We know that there are folks who did not want Mayor Johnson to win. They worked against him. They went with you know, the other opponents. And from day one, they have been attacking him. And right now they are attacking him through his allies, um, and I don't want us to lose sight of that. But where I disagree with the narrative that is being put out there, because it is a trigger to me, and it's a trigger to so many others who have, you know, you know, been abused, um, who are domestic survivors, um, or just women who are in spaces where they're oftentimes mistreated but they're silenced or they're afraid to speak up because they fear the retaliation, especially in politics, right? Or in government. And, you know, we're overlooked, right? Because we don't want to become the person that people blame for how they were treated. And I think that's what's happened with Alderwoman myths right now. She's in the this, what happened to her is being lost in the narrative that some of our allies are putting out there, which is that you know, yeah, you know, we love, you know, Carlos, he's done some great work. Um, But Alderman, you know, Lopez, he lied and, you know, he over-exaggerated the story. He never assaulted her. And I just want to give the definition of assault (laughs) and what that is, because I think we're we're forgetting what assault means. And assault refers to the wrong act of causing someone to reasonably fear in a minimum harm. Battery, though, means it refers to the actual wrong, it refers to the actual wrong act of physically harming someone. And so, you know, when people were saying that she was assaulted, he didn't have to necessarily, you know, manhandle her. But I saw the same video, a lot of other people saw, and I clearly saw him touch her arm, let it go really quick, if people were paying attention to the one with the audio, where Alderman Lopez told him to let her go. And then he stood in front of her to proceed to block her. And then when I heard her statement on the floor, um, I mean, it really shook me because she talked about how she felt like she was in the South. And anyone who comes from the South in the time frame where Alderman Mitz um, grew up in, clearly <laughs> you will understand what that means. Another part to that is you know, someone who has been fighting to uplift vo- voices of communities that have been disenfranchised, that have been disproportionately resourced, a person of color telling another person of color that I'm going to withhold your projects if you go forth with this. That's insane. It's wrong. There's no excuse for that behavior. And my letter, it, it clearly stated that it was something that was repeated, because I was referring back to what happened to my sister, you know, Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor, which everyone clearly forgot about that. Why? Because it was swept under the rug. Just how no one else came out and said anything about her. The fact that she had to relive that yesterday. She left crying because not only is she dealing with other issues, but that was a moment where she still wasn't even recognized for what was done to her. The things that were said to her. Right. And we can't keep doing that, you know. And so, you know, it really, really upset me to see all of these posts like, yeah, you know, he's a good guy. He did all of these good things. And, you know, Ray Lopez lied. Yeah. He over-exaggerated his story, of course. And then to hear, you know, the stories today where, you know, um, there was a comment that was made, you know, white men or, you know, people speaking on woman' Mitt's behalf and not letting her tell her story, well, at least someone spoke up for her. Because I have yet to see anyone, anyone from the progressive movement, um, other than the older persons who finally came out when they heard her personal story, right? That stepped up and said this was wrong and that he should apologize. And maybe right now in this moment, he should not be the, the floor leader, right? I think the censorship was just too extreme Like I didn't agree with that. But to say that Alder Woman Mitts forgave him and that we, you know, basically we should move on or whatever, like we as women, especially black women, we tend to forgive, but we never forget, and we still deal with the after effects. And so to make that statement, it's, you know, you're you're. Creating an environment to say, it's okay, as long as this is our ally, it's okay for this person to do that. And it's not okay. We have to be, we have to be accountable for ourselves, but also hold our allies accountable too. We have to, because we cannot fight against the establishment, but then become the establishment in a moment because we get emotional. And we all are human. I get it. We all are human. We all make mistakes. We're not perfect. But to not separate the two and from someone who was abused, who come from an abusive environment, this was very triggering for me. And I was in this situation before a year ago, and I remember being in a chamber And my Black Hawkins member stood up for me right then and there. And I hadn't heard from anyone else other than the silent pats on my shoulder. Like, oh, you were so strong. I wish I had your strength. But when it's someone else who's non-Black that that goes through this, everybody is, is making statements, reaching out, and I feel for you, sister. But for whatever reason... We're told like we we're just gonna apologize and that's it, but we're still dealing with the after effects of it. And I've I've talked to a few people, and when I explain to them this is why I'm in the position that I'm in right now with this whole situation and why I'm pointing out these facts is be- and you know and when I'm done they're like oh yeah I forgot about that yeah you forgot about it because it didn't matter to you. I get the bigger picture. We know there are folks out there who are trying to destroy what was built, what took years to build, I get it. But we have to be careful how we're talking about this Pacific, this this moment. We have to be careful about that. It it is not okay, it's not okay, right? I think that yes, some folks are going just a little bit too hard on Carlos, but at the end of the day, I stand by what I said from the beginning, I'll stand by it again, is forever, which is that when we get in these positions of power, we have to be we have to keep reminding ourselves that we are the change that we fought to see, that we fight every day to see. And that's it. All
1: right. Uh a lot to go back on and review. First of all, anybody wants to uh, get the deep dive on what uh, Senator Collins is saying about what happened to her. You remember that interview we did? That was about, what was that? That was when you were a state rep. I forget when it was, uh, but uh, it was, uh, we, we spent about a half an hour at least uh, talking about one down. Uh, and that was a MAGA man who did that to her, uh, a Repu- another Republican, a Republican legislator. Uh, so, uh, all right. Now, I have a confession to make. Uh, so when the when the story first broke, I forget when it was, uh, Lakeisha. I think it was Friday. Th- don't quote me on that. But I forget when the story broke about uh, the confrontation between uh, Carlos uh, and uh, Emma Mitts. Uh, and there was no comment from Carlos and no comma for Emma Mitts in the newspaper. My first reaction was, oh, Raylo, just... Uh, Uh, blew this one up because Raylo was the one going around saying he manhandled her. And I go, Oh, he's just, this is just a game that he's playing. Uh, And he's exaggerated it. And they're trying to set Carlos up and he's a scapegoat. And I had that instinctive reaction of like, my team is under siege and under attack. Do you follow what I'm saying? Uh, Then when I saw Emma Mitts at the city council and heard her speech, I'm like, And I was as guilty as everybody else on the lefty team. I wanted my team to be right all the time. And uh, this is a look in the mirror moment, Lakeisha. I really believe this is a look in the mirror moment for lefties. It's very hard for lefties to do this because I'm speaking from knowing lefties for years. A lot of lefties think they're so right about everything that they can never be wrong. Do you follow what I'm saying? Because they voted for Bernie, <laughs> they think that exempts them from anything. And we're, we all have flaws, Lakeisha. None of us are perfect, you know? And, uh, and I do not believe it diminishes the cause of justice or whatever, why you're ever in the game to admit, man, we screwed that one up. Or what this guy that's my ally really screwed up.
0: And there are people who are saying that, but they're so silent about it because they don't want the backlash. And I think that's even more dangerous. Right. I I think that's dangerous. We should be able to check our allies, our friends, you know, our family members without feeling that, you know, we're going to be attacked by the bigger part of the movement because we're holding them accountable. We just shouldn't you know, operate that way. And a floor leader's job is to whip votes. (laughs) That's what their job is, you know. Um, And I think in that moment, yes, he probably was under a lot of pressure. I mean, just being a public official, it's a lot of pressure because you can't please everybody. You can't, right? No matter what you do, you're going to get criticized for it. I deal with that all the time because I do some things that, you know, Seem to be unpopular sometimes, but I'm going to always speak my truth, no matter who likes it. You know, I talk to my constituents. I might sit on the phone with them for an hour at a time to explain a position or something, but it's a dialogue. <laughs> we're, we're having a conversation, right? Um, it took us a long time to really challenge the system. And I feel like we're, we're acting on emotion and we're not strategically thinking about what we're facing. And, and you know, someone told me, oh, but well then you support them getting rid of Sanctuary City. And it's like, you just missed everything I just said. <laughs> you just missed everything I just said, right? Because you're so zero focused in on one thing. <laughs> like, stop it. It's two separate issues. At that moment when the alderman lost his cool because I get it, he was under a lot of pressure. He wanted to achieve a goal, which was to, you know, um, whether it was to stop the vote, who knows, right? I'm, I'm not gonna speak for him, I'm just not. Whatever the goal was, it didn't work out the way he wanted it to. And he said some things to other older people that were just inappropriate at the end of the day. and And to know that we're in these positions where we were not invited to the table in the first place, we had a fight to get here. Then you should know that these folks are not your friend. So any little thing you do, they're going to find a way to attack you. And they used him to eventually ultimately attack the mayor and being his floor leader, you are a representation of the mayor. That's it. That's all right. I can't walk around when I was in leadership and do or say things because I knew I was a representation of my speaker. And there was times where I did not agree with things that some people were doing. But I had to have self-control. And yes, sometimes you may, you know, feel really passionate about something and you and you may, you know, act out or whatever. But I think, you know, just watching that video, hearing from other council members, um, and hearing, you know, how they felt about things and then getting all of these phone calls from people who felt the same way I felt in that moment, but just didn't want to say anything publicly. I'm just like, wow, right. you know?
1: So, uh, God, there's so many issues embedded in this. Uh, and we're focusing on the personality, uh, of Carlos Ramirez Rosa and, uh, but there are many other issues that must be addressed as well. One, now you talked about what his goal was. Uh, well, his goal stated clearly was to prevent a quorum. He did not want to have the 26 older people that they needed on the floor and have the meeting to have that meeting. Cause they did not want what to
0: it's, what a text message. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, that's so he was literally That was his goal. Now, I, got, I mean, it's all Monday morning quarterbacking, Lakeisha, but I have a problem with that right off the bat. And uh, it's like, you know what? Put it
0: on the ballot. Put it on the ballot. It means nothing anyway. So, And it, and it was a political tool at the end of the day um, that folks use, but I always say, like, there's a setup. <laughs> People will try to set you up for failure. Um and so I get why I get everyone who's saying like, you know, they're trying to, you know, focus on the good that the alderman has done, but them, the, the narrative and the post and what's on X, all the things that folks are saying, it still silence the woman who felt intimidated or the other alders who were threatened, it still silence them. At the end of the day, you know, when I think about, um, you know, just my own personal story, again, <laughs> this happens often too many times and we can't pick and choose who we want to stand up for either, you know, but I get it, but I also get the bigger picture and and I knew this, we're facing some dark times and at the end of the day, if we don't get it together, if we don't have real conversations and listen to one another, whether we agree or disagree. We're giving folks who are trying to destroy this movement exactly what they want. All right, That's it.
1: So let's let's like try to turn this into a lesson that nobody will pay attention to anyway, because human beings being what they are, are just gonna get mad if they don't hear what they wanna hear. That's just the way people are. Uh, so I'm trying to figure out a lesson that can be imparted from this, which, as I, I'll just repeat what I said, people aren't going to listen to it anyway because they just do what they want to do anyway. They get mad, they get locked into where they're at. Uh, so, what would you say to all the the Carlos supporters out there? Uh, And I just read one. One I just read it from uh, Congresswoman Delia Ramirez. It's just one more I just read now. A defense of Carlos uh, and an attack uh, on Raylo. Who attack? Feel free to attack Raylo all you want, people. But what lesson would you like lefties to take from this as to how they respond in uh, uh, if there was a similar matter? where uh and the next Emma Mitz comes forward to say she was mistreated. What what like what is the in your humble opinion the the proper human response to this? Oh, <laughs> I could tell you mine, but I want to hear yours.
0: Uh, I always say, you know, we have to I think that it's so many issues happening right now. I get it. I think we have, okay, we as movement movement leaders, we understand what's going on, right? We know that this is all political with the the Republicans that are driving um, folks to our state, our cities, because we are sanctuary. We are welcoming. We understand that this is something that folks have been fighting for for decades to get immigration reform. The federal government has lacked on doing that. Um, and so tensions are really high because you have the undocumented community who is like, wait a minute, you all didn't give us all of these things and we had to work from the ground up and, you know, and then you have the black community who feels as though like you always say you ain't got no, the government is always saying they don't have no money. We haven't really been seeing a lot of money trickle into our communities, but now we got all of this money to take care of, you know, um, asylum seekers. And then you have now <laughs> folks that are living in the more affluent areas, like I don't want to keep seeing people sitting outside of you know police stations. And then you have communities of folks who are trying to help as best as they can. They're giving coats, they're giving food, they're opening up their doors, what have you. The main message that I hear is what is the plan? What's the long-term plan? What's the plan moving forward? So we know that this is all political. It's wrong at the end of the day because these are human beings. I mean, there was a young man um, who they found un- who, who was who died in the 18th district, right? <laughs> this all could be prevented. But what I would say is that you know, folks just need to listen to one another. They have to listen. Everyone don't know the answers, and I always tell people, no matter who you are, if you think you know everything. You are a dangerous person. You are dangerous because we all can learn from somebody. And I learn from a lot of people. So I'm always asking questions because I am sometimes naive to things, but I always seek to find more knowledge, you know, to get more knowledge around issues or whatever. But we need to go back to the drawing board. We need to heal those wounds. We need to, you know, amend those relationships. This This is about addition, not subtraction. And we have to be, um, you know, um, honest with ourselves when we mess up. We have to be, you know, that's just my, my opinion. I mean, that's a lot, but that's how I see it. You know, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And I would definitely confess when I'm wrong about something um, and I'll try to do better. But to just sweep stuff under the rug and constantly do it and then pivot somewhere else. And, you know, just say, forget this issue. We talking about this, you, you kind of dismiss people. And right now we have constituents who are, you know, community members who are not okay. They're not okay. They're not. And so I always tell people this too, cause I'm an organizer. There's two, there's two types of leaders. There's a bad leader and there's a good leader. And agitation, you can use it either way for good or for bad. Right now, there are folks out there who are leading off people's fear. They are agitating them off their fear. They're agitating them off, you know, their living conditions that they're in. And they are using this as a weapon. We know who they're working with. We know who they work for. And if we don't get our stuff together, they are going to win. Wake up. Because this is bigger than sanctuary city it's bigger than that and we got to be honest with ourselves we need our coalitions but we can't let this one this thing right here faster and, and continue to break people off we, we can't do it and you got to be willing to listen to people even when it hurts, even when you don't want to hear it even if it makes you feel uncomfortable
1: the twisted part of this all is that I thought Carlos and I said this to Stacy Davis Gates when she was on the show yesterday and I was kind of embarrassed and people made fun of me, but I don't care. I was very moved by his speech. And when Emma Mitz came and a hugged, I like he said I was I'm an old man tear. Here, here it comes. <laughs> oh here it comes. It was like a it was like a movie, a Hallmark movie, you know, I said that. Uh, Stacy was laughing at me, but anyway, I, I was genuinely moved by it and I felt as though in that moment we should take Carlos at his word and his word was, I was wrong. I'm not arguing whether that. What I did was right. I'm not saying, but this, I was wrong. My behavior was wrong. I'm not fighting the punishment. I've accepted you know, uh, the loss of the loss of my uh, f- uh, zoning committee, the loss of being the floor leader, the humiliation and the embarrassment. I thought it was a really like a really grown up thing. He did. He took the hit and in
0: that moment. He was definitely a leader. Yes. he I, Because he he admitted to it. But I think this is his supporters who are like, no, 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 no. You he wasn't wrong. Well, he admitted he was wrong and he apologized, but he still need his seats and he still need his position because it was Ray Lopez. No, no, they don't even say the that. They go, that's he shouldn't sincere. even have
1: apologized. It's like, and this exactly. is the part. It's like, guys, the man said he was wrong. You think he was lying? Mm-hmm. It, the man admitted he was wrong and he took the punishment for it. So why do you undercut that by saying? It was Ray You know what I mean? And we,
0: and we know who Raymond Lopez is, too. Like, let's just be for real. And, and, like, I tell people all the time, you know, I may not align with people politically, some folks, because they just <laughs> just don't, don't fit me at all. But I'm always going to be for right. Whether folks like it or not, I'm going to always be for right. And in this moment, at this time, you know, the older woman you know, from just from that night up until she got the courage to speak on the floor, I believed her. I believed her. That's it. I believed her. And I know just by experience what she went through and why she waited or wanted to talk to her caucus members about it. You know, I understood that. Even when the situation happened with me a year ago, I still, you know, yeah, I was charged up. I was upset. I was like, you know, what? I'm going to file this police report. I'm going to do this or that. But then I still f- had that sense of like, uh, oh, will I get retaliated against? Will they start messing with my bills? You know, even though I knew my speaker had my back, but I still had that sense of like retaliation. That's a real thing. And people don't get that. But she said that he didn't do this and she didn't talk to the mayor and she like all these excuses. Stop with the damn excuses.
1: Uh, And Just stop. All right. So let's uh, get to the censure vote, which went down uh, yesterday, actually didn't go down because uh, Mayor Brandon Johnson uh, was the, the final no vote uh, that prevented the city council from censuring Carlos. And, Lakeisha, I'm just going to tell you straight up, I would, if I were an older person, which is such a joke, the thought of me running for office, much less winning, but if I were an older person, I would have voted no. No way i am vote this. Yeah. The man already gave up his seat. Yep. The man gave up his floor position. The man gave an apology on the floor. Enough's enough already. And I personally believe that was not about Carlos at that stage. It was about punishing Brandon Johnson at that stage. Do you follow what I'm saying? And I had this conversation, folks, you want to hear the deep dive. Go listen to the conversation with Rod Sawyer, former Alderman Rod Sawyer. We took the deep dive on this. But when Brendan Riley called the Roberts Rules of Order and forced the matter so that it was a tie and forced Brandon Johnson to vote, that was not about punishing Carlos Ramirez Rosa. That was about punishing Mayor Brandon Johnson putting him in a tough, awkward position that Brendan Riley knew, Lakeisha knew that Bre- uh, that Brandon Johnson did not want to be in. And he put him in that position and he voted. Uh, he went with his ally, Carlos Ramirez Rosa, uh, and it helped that Emma Mitts had voted no. So he said, I'm doing what Emma wants. Okay. But we know the political game that was going on there, Lakeisha, you know,
0: but that's what I mean about, you know, um you you know what you're dealing with. You know what you're dealing with. <laughs> no one ever thought that a teacher would make it to the fifth floor. No one. Right? And to get there, and you know the the you know the makeup, you know who's there, you know who's allies of who. Um you have to be very careful with that and I think it was a, a, a it was a setup it definitely was um, and just being in this space for the past almost four years numbers matter and you have to master that you have to it's 50 councilmen if you're missing one and you're the tiebreaker game on. And you got people already throwing knives at you. People already upset. They're not listening. Like when when the mayor gave out his report last night about bring Chicago home, about you know the returning citizens, the reparation stuff. None of the folks were listening to that because they were still heated about that boat with Emma Mitz. I'm Woman Mitz, and the sanctuary city stuff because they're agitators who are organizing them. Have them focused on those things. And us as organizers have to pivot now. We have to change the narrative. Right? And I don't know, I I, I don't know, but I'm very hopeful that we can do it. I'm having those conversations, but I'm 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 telling you now, I'm just not taking um, I'm not I'm not playing this game softly anymore. I'm not throwing nothing under the rug. I'm just going to keep being my authentic self. I ain't got nobody pulling strings on me because I didn't heard people say, oh, you know, somebody put her up to putting that letter out. Nope. I've been able to operate on my own since before I got in office. I've always challenged anything that I felt was unjust. Okay. I don't, I'm don't i not a puppet. And so, you know, the censor vote to me, that was a little bit too extreme. Um, and I felt like that just, it definitely was an attack on the mayor. Um but but you got to learn the game. You got to know all the rules, Robert's rules, when to use them. And again, you got to remember the people who were in your corner when you got there and utilize them. Because even though you got some people who say they for you, trust me they're not. They're not. That's why I have a trust. I have trust issues. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I don't trust everybody because I already know what it is. There are people who literally worked against us throughout, worked against folks throughout history. We've seen this playbook before. How did we forget? It's just history repeating itself. It happened in 85. <laughs> it's 2023. 83. We got to check the course really quick.
1: <clears throat> yeah. I, uh, when you did that line, you reminded me so much of my late mom. She, He didn't trust anybody. When you said no. that, you reminded me of my mother. May she rest in peace. <laughs> she didn't trust anybody.
0: No, I don't. Two Mama things. She didn't Remember, trust anybody, didn't.
1: and she never no, forgot anything, okay? He <laughs> did something against her.
0: I, I don't, and, I, and I, I believe in telling people how it is in the raw, whether they like it or not, and some people can't handle that. They just can't. But well, how do we truly move forward if we're if we're moving in a way where we're like hiding or um you know bypassing some of the issues that that folks have? You know? It's like it's so much work that needs to be done. We have to literally like take a break for a quick set, rewind, recharge, address those issues. And shit, come back stronger than ever because I, I see what folks are doing out there in these streets, but um, we focused on the wrong thing. We are, we focused on the wrong thing. And I, I do appreciate Carlo's apology because it did come from a sincere, a sincere place, right? It, it really did. And that part was emotional. But to dismiss it and say, oh, you know, Ray Lopez we knew he was exaggerating the story. I didn't believe it when I when he was talking about. I'm like, come on now, you had to get between them. Let's be for real,
1: right? Yeah. <laughs> <Raylo. laughs> but
0: to say that, oh no, he lied yeah. because they didn't want to say she lied, yeah. right? No, she said exactly what happened, and you see it, you hear it with the audio. Like, don't do that. It's two separate issues. You got to figure out a way to separate it. But follow the follow him on what he said. If he's saying that, hey. I'm. I. I was wrong. I stepped down. I'm gonna make amends with my colleagues. You know what I'm saying? Okay, cool. Then you follow what he's saying. You know. But I, I do appreciate him for that. But I. But it was definitely Car- Carlos was just the perfect target for them because he was his four leader. That's it. And it's it's wrong. It's unfortunate that it happened. Um. But but again. It's not the first time he has, you know, had interactions with one of his colleagues. But this time, I think it just went to a whole nother level because of the pressure, the stress, or whatever, what have you. But there still needed to be some accountability um, at the end of the day.
1: Well, um, and also and this I, this a whole subject for another time. But I always say this about the city council. Always, always say it. It's like high school, a cafeteria in high school. And you got this group that gets along with that group and this group that this and that. And there's people who've been walking around hating on Carlos for various reasons for a long time. And a lot of times, in my humble opinion, they're hating on him because he was doing the right things and made them look bad when he was doing the right things. Uh, So payback. (laughs) It was payback time for getting uh back. Uh nonetheless, the man I think
0: he'll bounce back. I I know he will. You know, um and and I get it. Your supporters they they're supposed to be there for you, but in this situation because of you know what happened, you have to be careful with this cuz it was a trigger for most people. Like I said, I got plenty of calls from folk from women and men who were like, "Thank you for speaking on this issue." I don't look for you know, um, for, for people to pat me on the back. Um, and I don't always like to be in the media either. I'm not on X 24-7, you know, typing every single day about everything. So when I do things like that, um, like one of my colleagues told me like, oh, well, what happened? Because I, you, I see you put out a statement, what happened? You know, but, um, you know, it is what it is.
1: All right. Lakeisha Collins, a state senator from Chicago. Uh, And I didn't uh, wake up this morning thinking I was going to be talking to you, but I'm glad I did. Uh, So thanks for reaching out to me. And uh, we'll be talking to you. I'll talk to you real soon on other matters, I'm sure. All right.
0: Thank you, Ben.
1: All right. That's a great Lakeisha Collins. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody.